Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports. This is the Women in League show, episode nine. My name's Dean Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight, we've got Tasha, we've got Stacey, and we have a, a few special guests, which we'll introduce shortly. This is going to be one special episode. Tasha, I guess another another big week uh, for, the, for the network here as we look to continue to promote the uh, the competitions. Again, we said it last year, but, you know, again, just really looking forward to next year, the schedule you know, there's just a lot of lot of football on the horizon to look forward to. Oh, Dan, it's a bumper year next year. Um, it's going to take its toll on its players and how that pans out. But as a spectator and a commentator, you couldn't ask for a better situation. So bring on 2022. Yeah, absolutely. And in the meantime, here at the network, we're going to be doing our best. We're going to be working hard to, uh, you know, provide all the stories and, uh, yeah, reach out to a bunch of teams, cover a lot of state competitions. So, yeah, really, really excited about the off-season and uh, what next season has to offer. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment tonight, the huddle. And as we know, each week on the huddle, we pick a particular team to focus in on. And this one, it's a bit of a special team with uh, with a fair bit of history. And it comes out of New South Wales, the Harvey Normans Women's Premiership. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. The Broncos celebrate success once more. New South Wales have won women's state of origin on a great performance by the Australian Killaroos. Champion teams do this. They find space, they find time. Loved watching her play and I think she'll take her game to another level. Yeah, and this week we're very, very excited to be, uh, well, to be following the West Tigers in the New South Wales Harvey Normans Women's Premiership. And we are very excited to uh, welcome our guests in tonight, uh, Sophie and Emily Curtin. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's uh, look, we've we've been we've had this lined up for a little little bit, and um, yeah, really really excited to yeah dig into the season that you've had, and uh, yeah, talk talk about all things rugby league. But let guys, let's get straight into it because you know it was uh, you know it was a bit of an up and down season. We had some really really good moments. Um, you know, some obviously some struggles, some adversity, but. Um, I, I just thought we'd, we'd start by just talking about your overall thoughts of the season, um, personally. Um, Sophie, we might start with you because, you know, you obviously went through a few things throughout the season as well. Yeah, I, I started off pre-season on a bit of a high. We had a couple of really good games in the trial um, and then the first round hit and I injured my knee. Um, so I kind of spent majority of the uh, season on the sideline, um, but I managed to get a few games in at the end. So it was a bit of a bittersweet season for me. Um, I obviously enjoyed it. I always loved being a part of the West Tigers and the women's program. Um, but, yeah, like I said, it was a little bit bittersweet. Um, but luckily that I managed to get a few games in at the end. Yeah, and talk, talk us through your, your injury because, you know, it, it's definitely it's definitely hard to sort of manage. But I think, you know, unfortunately that there's a lot of players who are probably listening in to, to, to the episode that can kind of relate because, you know, something about last season, there was just a lot of injuries, um, not just in this competition, but just in the sport generally. But, yeah, talk us through your experience. And, yeah, it, it's definitely difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it wasn't something that I was expecting, especially in the first round. Uh, I had a pretty successful season last year, so I was hoping to come back um, even bigger and better and have a bigger season this year. But that wasn't quite what happened. But um, 
our Wednesdays are generally our pretty tough days at training and we were doing a lot of contact and a lot of running and I felt fine during the session and afterwards my knee was a little bit sore and I didn't think anything of it. I went to bed, woke up the next day and my knee blew up like a balloon um, and I was pretty nervous because I had no idea what I did and I, to this day I still have no idea what actually happened to it. Um, and then that was so the Wednesday I made it through the captain's run. I made it through the game. We just strapped it pretty heavily um, and then the next week we were supposed to play Bears but that week got rained out. And then our third week, we were supposed to have a bye. And then I was like, sweet, two weeks off. I should be okay. Hopefully it'll settle down and I'll be back to normal uh, going into round four. But it didn't really get any better. So I got an MRI and then I had to go see a surgeon because it uh, showed that I had a tear in my meniscus. Um, And then I saw the surgeon and he said I needed surgery. So I luckily got booked in the next day and then I was in and then rehab started pretty much straight away. Well, so if I've been following your career for quite some time now, and I know you're a very disciplined um, player, so the fact that you could make it back and through that injury, and quite often it's a season-ending injury, but um, you came into the back end of the season and actually behind both you girls, there's are they New South Wales jerseys that I'm spotting there? Yeah, they're framed up on the wall. Yeah, look, they look absolutely fabulous. And I, and I think um, you guys are both elite players as twins coming from the same family. You've got quite the story. I'm, I'm sure this won't be the first time we get you on the podcast and I'm looking forward to following your career. Sounds good. We're looking forward to the next one. And Emily, uh, same question to you. So just, um, yeah, just a high level thought on the season. And um, again, it must have been hard seeing Sophie go through her challenges. But again, you know, you had you had your own battles in the season. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. It was hard seeing her on the sideline, obviously not playing much footy with her, which is what I enjoy most, um, being out there with her and the way we play, like we play together, um, play hard. Um, yeah, we had our ups and downs this season. Um, I thought we started off well and then we just got hit with quite a few injuries this season, um, which just changed changed up our lineup more so in the um, forwards and our bench players and I think that took a toll on us a little bit. And then towards the end of the season, I injured myself as well. Um, So coming into that last round, it was um, quite hard for some of the girls. Like, obviously, we had four debutantes this year um, from our Tasha Gale team. um, And all of those were due to injury virtually. Yeah, look, it's it's a common thing. We're seeing it in, in all the competitions. So... You mentioned a few girls came through the Taj Gale Cup that you need to rely on. So how important is it for the West Tigers to have that grass level roots um, to, uh, players to come through? It's, it's huge. Um, having them coming through, they helped us get through the rest of the season. I don't think we would have been able to fill a team if those girls weren't able to come through. And I think as well, like that's how we came through as well. So it's kind of, it's really cool to see uh, girls doing the same thing as us after having a really good season um, or seasons in Tashigal and then knowing that they're good enough. And we have players that we have played with in Tashigal previously and to see them kind of come through and meet us up here is really, really cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good feeling, isn't it? And we we spoke earlier about the bumper season that 2022 will be. Now, they haven't set final dates for every single competition, but I would imagine that um, you'll be relying even more heavily on those players coming through, and the West Tigers are in a very good position, I believe. 
you know, I think the NRLW is supposed to um, run over a little bit of the beginning of Harvey Norman. So those first few rounds, there will imagine be a lot of players missing from a lot of the teams. So those kind of players, the development players and the Tasha Gow girls for those teams that do have the Tasha Gow teams will come up and fill those positions. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. I look forward to playing with the likes of all the girls that have come through. Yeah, absolutely. And there'll be no sympathy for those teams. They'll be um, expected to win, you know, you chuck on that jumper, you know, this is this is the reason why we have these pathways. So, yeah, we're going to be watching very, very closely as the, some of these younger players come in during those early rounds and hopefully get some get some wins uh, for you guys. All right, well, look, let's have a look at, at, at let's reflect on the season uh, of, of 2021. So we look at your final record of six and five, and I kind of, you know, that kind of reflects, I guess, the season that you guys had. As we said, there was plenty of highs and then, and then a couple of disappointing performances, but you know, re- reflecting on us, talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, some of these high-profile games towards the back end of the season. I mean, you know, it, it is hard to pick out some of your best performances, but I thought, you know, in, in and around round 12, you know, that, that sort of win over the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 34-18, uh, to 18, you know, that that's certainly a performance that, that stood out. Um, yeah, so go, go to you to start with. What, what's your, sort of your reflections on that game? You know, that was a pretty big game for me. Uh, a few years ago, we had our first game at Bank West and I missed it because I had a really bad concussion the week before. So it was kind of um, the pinnacle for me to come back and have that as my first game because I missed out uh, a few years ago. Um, and obviously we were the curtain raiser to the men, so that's even more special um, for us. But we were down, I think, for roughly the first 20 minutes. So to come back and then win the game so convincingly, convincingly was um, really special. I think that's what made the game even more special, regardless of the fact that we were playing at Bankwest. Yeah, and, and Emily, same question to you, just your reflections on the game, because, you know, South City themselves, they had an up and down season, but at their best, they're actually quite a difficult team to break down. You know, a lot of their defensive structures are quite sound when they're playing at their best. So as a playmaker, you know, what, what was, you know, how, how did you sort of think that game went? And, you know, what was your reflections on that one? Yeah, no, I think we started off a little bit slow. Um, Obviously, we weren't ourselves in the first 20, 25 minutes of that game, but we all pulled up the sleeves and fought back um, to get the win over the girls. Um, As a playmaker, just trying to get the girls up the field, getting to the positions we need to to be able to finish those those plays that we needed to do, um, it was... It was a hard game to come back from, but I think it was good. And obviously having Soph back in that game was definitely big. Um, Missing her for the whole start of the season, I think she was definitely a big win for us coming back. And I think that game as well, I've played a lot of footy and obviously I I play in the middle, so I'm kind of used to the the wrestle and the contact and physicality. But I remember playing that game and I was like, wow, these – like this game is probably one of the most physical games I've played in a long time. They were just running super hard and and tackling really, really hard. And it was always competitive in the contact and the wrestle, in which I thought I kind of took out of that game going into halftime. I was like, wow, like this is a, a great game to come back to. But it definitely showed their heart and they fought the whole way. Talk to us about your memories from the game against Glee because you know it, it's got to be a special moment going, going back to the home ground. And just talk to us about that whole experience because – you know, the week after in round 13, you go out and, and go um, come up against these guys. But, um, yeah, it just, just would have been a really special experience. 
Yeah, both times we played Glebe, we actually were the curtain raisers for the men's NRL. The first one was at Campbelltown um, on the Mother's Day game and the second one was at Leichhardt. I think it was round 13 when they played the Panthers. And obviously, historically for the West Tigers, Leichhardt Oval is super special to us and it's majority of the girls in our team's favourite field to play at. I think it's just it's got a really old school feeling in the sheds and the grass is really cool and old school um, time and the stands are always packed and because we were playing before the men's, you know, the um, crowd was coming early and we were getting lots of support and we always have our uh, crazy Tigers fans in the stand with their massive flags cheering us on, which was really, really cool. And obviously to get the win, that was um, yeah. even better. Yeah, Soph and M, um, particularly when you say old school, you know, time, old school feel, um, yeah, I am really old school and I love the fact <laughs> that you guys are loving that old school feel. It's it's. It's great to hear you talk about it and it's great to, to hear that culture is really, really strong at the West Tigers. And it's definitely like I've like I've played a couple of grand finals there myself and like just seeing those jerseys on the wall and just seeing like all the photos and stuff, you walk in there and you're like, man, I'm on hello ground here and it's just such a special feeling. Yeah, and I know it's it's there are a lot of teams that get to play there, but to know that a lot of greats in not only the NRL and um, the women's game as well, but like Tigers, um, you know, members of the Tigers um, club that have played there, the greats um, was pretty cool. You get to see all the photos, like you said, on the wall and all of the the signatures and stuff in all the sheds is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And it's probably something that you'll look to do next season. So um, to all our listeners, get out there. So keep an eye on the the West Tigers um, socials and website or on websites for next season because it's going to happen again. And um, you know th- th- these are these are some pretty special games. So definitely keep a lookout for that next year. All right, guys. And then just to quickly round off before we start talking through the roster was you know a, a very uh, I guess intense clash uh, in round fourteen where you came up against the heavy, heavyweights in the Central Coast Roosters. Didn't necessarily get the result, but you certainly put your best foot forward and really showed yourself as, as certainly a contender, you know, within this competition. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like as a team, that was one of our best games um, of the season. We didn't have our full strength team out there, but the way the girls showed up, like the bus trip up there, all of that, I think that made it feel special. Um, and especially the score, the scoreline. Um, we kept in to it until about 10 minutes left of the game and they scored one or two tries on us. But I feel like that was a great game for us as a team. Yeah, I definitely think even though the score doesn't necessarily reflect it, the game was really, really close and we we genuinely rattled them. And I think for them it was probably one of the first times that it actually happened, even though the score may not have indicated that. Like we genuinely rattled them and we were like throwing punches and we were doing everything that we could to hold on. And I think after having a couple of rough games throughout the season, that it was really cool to have that kind of um, camaraderie between the team and everyone just showing up and putting in the hard work. So, so if you, you talk about that camaraderie and I'm getting the sense with the um, West Tigers that there's a lot of that. How much confidence did some, you're a fairly young team, so how much confidence did you guys get from, you know, really rattling this, you know, star-studded team that you're up against? Yeah, well, it firstly started on the bus trip up there. It was <laughs> it was normally, you know, you just put your headphones on and you're really quiet, but we wanted to make it a little bit more special, a little bit more interesting. We have a, we have a couple of characters in our team and they basically set up this, like, 
show host game where we had to like fill in the missing lyrics and like they had wigs and stuff and like fake microphones. It was the best hour and a half, two hours of my life. It was so yeah. fun. Um, and I think that's kind of put everyone together. And then we had a really good warm up. Um, and actually we went to run out onto the field and we, and, and we couldn't start the game. We had to wait like 15 minutes because oh. they didn't have a doctor. But they didn't tell us that until we ran out. So we were like all prepped and ready to go. And that kind of lit a fire under our bum um, to kind of go out there and prove more as to why we belong in these competitions and we belong in the finals. And we are one of those top competitive teams, even though we had had a rough, um, a rough start or a rough year. And a lot of the younger girls had never played um, or the newer girls or less experienced girls had never played the likes of, you know, the Isabel Kellys and all of those kind of names that they have within the club, the Caitlin Johnsons, there's so many um, there. They've got a pretty stacked team. And what, like, what advice did you give to those younger girls when they were coming up against Isabel Kelly? Because no doubt they'd be like, I've been watching her and she's such a beast and I'm like, she runs so hard, I'm so scared. Like, what advice did you guys give them? I know, I think one of them was not necessarily advice, but just saying, like, soak it up. Like, it's amazing to be able to say that you play on a similar level to or at this, you know, the same competition as these kind of players that just, you know, soak it all in, enjoy it. And like, it's cool saying you get to play against them, but how, how much better is it to say that you got to absolutely flog one of them? Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> once you're out there, no prisoners. Absolutely. No, well, I, I think that's really, you know, that that's a really important performance and we're going to get into your roster now, but I think just reflecting on that, you know, you know, you guys are a bit of a younger group and I think it just sort of, it just sort of shows the potential within this group. And I think this is a side that, you know, we're going to keep a very close eye on uh, next year. But over the next few years, I think you guys are building something pretty special out there in the West. All right, guys, well, let's jump into this roster because, you know, one of the things that did uh, stand out to us as we look through your season is that you were able to keep your outside backs together for most of the season, which is a a bit of an advantage. But, you know, let's let's talk about some of your outside backs and you know, let's start with your captain, uh, Battelle uh, Vetti Walsh. You know, obviously, you know, it, it's really important to have, you know, leaders within the squad. But, you know, give us a little bit of an insight into her style and how she sort of, you know, manages things on and off the field. Yeah, no, Bo's definitely um, a great player to have in our team. She is a great leader. Um, she does anything and everything for the girls. Uh, like you ask her to do something, she'll be on it. She'll do it. Like having her out on the field, like she's very cool, calm, collected. Like, she tells you where you need to be if you don't do it. Like, she'll get up here, but after the game, she'll be like, look, I'm just trying to do the best for for everyone. Like, I'm not just having a go at you. I'm trying to be there for you girls. I want us to win. Like, that's my mentality. She wants us to win. She wants us to get to the to the next level. Yeah, Bovetti Welsh, like, what a player. And her playing in the number one jersey, she's able to sort of orchestrate and tell the girls where they need to be. And some, you know, experienced heads like you two girls are, um, you take it well. And as you just said, Emily, you know, it's all about soaking it up and making you guys better players. Did the younger players have any drama with that or they took that well? How did that go down? I think it was a little bit of uh, starstruck for some of them, um, particularly for the ones who are, I guess, are relatively new to the squad and hadn't had much interaction with the players. But she prefers to be treated just like another player. Like she doesn't like to be put on this pedestal. And I think that's something she always really struggles with is that recognising how good she is, not just on the field, but everything that she does off it. She kind of struggles to take in compliments. Um, so I think they're just enjoying learning off someone of that calibre and just being able to to talk to them and play with them or train with them if they don't get the opportunity to play. 
Yeah, and Bo was definitely, you know, on, on a couple of podcasts ago, we picked our marquee signings for our NRLW team and, and Bo was mine. And uh, I'm pretty glad that I, I chose her, given what you guys have said about her. But I'm super excited about what she's going to do in the future. And I think who would who would be the next person up to take over from Bo if she has, has to move on somewhere else? I think we are uh, one of our Tasha Gow girls that came up this year, Jess Whelan. Um, we played with her a couple of years ago in Tasha, Tasha Gow, and she was a freak with the ball. She was also really, really good um, an AFL player, so she's kind of in their rep system as well. So she's super fast, really good with the ball. Uh, she's really quiet, which is kind of hard to try and get her to talk um, in the fullback and kind of lead the defence. But, you know, she's a really, really good asset to uh, our squad and we were super grateful to have her join um, towards the end of the season last year. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's. Um, I, I guess, you know, your captain, you know, is typically in the spine, but being in that fullback role, I think it's... Um, it works really, really well in rugby league because they just see everything from a different angle. They're able to organise your defence and um, exactly right. They're able to just time that 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 spray, whether it's on uh, in defence or in an attack. It's um, No, it's uh, it, it's excellent. Um, all right, well, uh, Emily, let, let's jump into the halves. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, the start of the season and the bit of the, the combination um, that, that you built. Um, yeah, talk to us about the halves pairing throughout the year. Yeah, so we had a few changes in the halves this year. So originally it was Racine and myself for the first few games. Um, and then unfortunately Ray injured her shoulder and she came in and took over her position. And obviously having having to build a new um, combination with Sheck, it was um, it was good having someone obviously similar age come through the ranks um, and to be able to play on our level. We connected well and then... Ray came back for one or two games, but unfortunately she injured her shoulder again. So for the rest of the season, it was Sheck and I. Um, and I think towards the back end of the season, we really connected well. We were switching sides. Like the last three games, I think we swapped sides. Like the coach came up to us and said, oh, look, I want to try something new. I want to put, like, I want to swap swap your sides. And we were both like, yeah, no, that's fine. Like we just wanted what was best for the team, like go out there and get the wins for the team. Look, we all know, Emily, how important the combinations are and um, it's really unfortunate Ray hurt a shoulder and then maybe perhaps came back a little bit too soon and then had to go out again. But you talked about building that um, new combination with your number six and so if you had to put yourselves, is, is one more of a running half and one more more of an um, organising half? How, how do you see yourselves? Yeah, I um, think I was... Well, Sheck had a good running game. Um, she ran a lot. Um, I was more the organiser, the kicker, um, getting us to the positions we needed to end the sets, in corners, um, repeat sets. Um, yeah, I definitely think that was the way to go. Yeah, no, it's, it's good to – it's definitely good to get that mix, isn't it? And that's uh, Shakina Edwards. So keep an eye out on that name because, yeah, look, really disappointing that, uh, you know, Racy McGregor – obviously had those issues with her shoulder. From Mojo Sports, we want to send our best wishes to you and your recovery in your shoulder. We know you're going to come back and uh, absolutely kill it uh, you know, next season. But, you know, getting some reps as a young player in the halves, I think will only benefit the club moving forward. And, um, and you know, great to see that, you know, you've got a bit of a different challenge as well, um, you know, getting the opportunity to play with someone um, a little bit different there. All right, guys, well, let's have a look now at your dummy half position. Obviously, one of the one of the crucial um you know, positions there at the club. Um, yeah, talk to us a little bit about your, your dummy half situation there at the West Tigers. Yeah, so we kind of had 
three to four, uh, we even ended up having close to five different people play dummy half throughout the whole season. So it started off um, Tyler mainly, and then if she went off to have a rest, I would um, go into hooker after playing lock for a little bit. Um, or if Sheena got you know got taught, uh, caught in a tackle or something like that, I would just jump straight in and serve the ball. Um, but she unfortunately had to pull out of the season. Um, but you know she was still around and still supporting and helping as much as she could develop the younger players coming through. Um, but we had another um, young player that came through, uh, Jay Shana, who played pretty much ninety percent of the season for us at Hooker, um, but hurt her knee for the last two or three weeks um, of the season. Uh, but yeah, she played majority, and then Rach. Um, Rachel Simpson uh, was started in the centres and then filled in as a kind of lock forward hooker utility player towards the end of the season to kind of fill in some of the injuries in the forwards that we had. Yeah, look, changing your your number nine around so often is um, can be really really difficult. But you talked, we've, we do talk a lot about the culture of the club, and I love the culture at the West Tigers. And uh, Tyler Pelligra, I know it seems like I say it every week, but about somebody else, but. Tyler was actually in my HSC class a couple of years ago and um, <laughs> Stacey's laughing at me because I said that, but it's true. And um, I, I believe that Tyler's been around, you know, trying to develop the younger players. She's she's showing up to training. She's, And that's what the culture is about. Can you tell me a little bit about her input even off the field now? Yeah, I definitely commended her on her season. It was not something that was obviously easy to deal with as a, a young female athlete um, kind of, you know, hitting her peak or trying to hit her peak and then being told that, you know, she had to resign for a short period um, until she kind of got everything under control. But it was it was awesome to have her still sh- uh, showing up to training with a smile on her face and doing everything that she could to be a part of the team and to develop herself and to kind of help the team in any way that she could, whether it was, you know, trying to um, help with decisions in attack and what to do or, you know, better service or anything that she could or just put a smile on some of the girls' faces was was awesome. Yeah, that's right. And, and what it does, it just it just fills the group with motivation, you know, like despite the fact you're unable to actually go out there and play, you know, you just show that you're, you're you know, you love the game and, and that that's infectious. And I think, you know, that that's something. And we'll talk, we'll talk more about the, the, the potential in this side because I think you've got something pretty special cooking here. But, um, no, that that's absolutely fantastic. All right, Sophie, give it to us. Let, let's talk a little bit about these middles because, you know, obviously, you know, we, um, you know, it's pretty important to be able to, um, you know, score the points. But obviously, uh, talk to us about the engine room um, and, and some of the talented players you've got there, including yourself uh, there at the club. Uh, yeah, no, we definitely have a, a large forward group in the squad. Um, but, you know, there was definitely a couple of um, inexperienced players that we had come through, um, our, particularly in our forwards that kind of needed to be nurtured and kind of brought through and showed the ropes of basically what the engine room is and why they're super important in the game because I guess without us laying the platform, the backs, the backs don't really have and the halves don't really have anything to work off. So it was a huge um, part of our game this season trying to develop um, the forwards and making sure that they were doing their role right just for the benefit of the whole team. Um, but like I said, we had a, a lot of injuries and predominantly the injuries were from the forwards. So there was a lot of rotation um, with our bench and the majority of the starting forwards. So just trying to develop um, combinations and, you know, different, um, you know, yeah, different playing styles and partners and, you know, just trying to figure out what worked and, you know, uh, rotations of the bench and things like that just to kind of get the the fitness levels of certain players 
Um, and, you know, certain parts of the game, whether we wanted a really strong start and we kind of eased off a little bit um, and brought out more inexperienced players on and partnered them with more experienced players to kind of make sure it was um, still competitive. Yeah, so if you t- so true. Talking about the engine room and how important it is for you guys in the in the forwards to go forward so that, you know, your, your playmakers, your like your twin sister, Emily, can come off the front foot. Now, you help her out a lot in that area, being the number 13 and the evolving um, play, player sort of extra pivot, extra link. So can you tell me about more about how much you've helped uh, Emily out in that area? Yeah, well, I play hooker as well. So I've always kind of, we've always kind of played really well with each other, whether I'm at hooker or at 13. And also we've been playing together with each, sorry, with each other for a long time. So that kind of combination is pretty solid. But at lock, I think it's a good opportunity to kind of not split the halves, but just have them be able to stick to their both sides and have a link in the middle. So it saves someone running around and not having, I guess, a, a ball playing person on, say, the short side because they have to sweep around and it just saves a lot of time and a lot of effort and, you know, miscommunication where if I'm that missing link, I can kind of just connect the middles to the, um, the edges and then both is that extra link to the outside backs. And have you guys had any, like, weird twin moments on the field? Like, sure, you surely, surely you must have Yes, something. actually. So not necessarily on the, the field. field. Like, we know how each other play and we talk to each other. So it's kind of just easy if she wants to switch. I know, like, where she's going to be or anything like that. But once it was our first year in Tashiga, oh, sorry, in Harvey Norman. Mm-hmm. And, it yeah, it was a semi-final at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, major semi? No. Oh. Anyway, it was a it was a semi against Norse, and I was sitting on the uh, sideline because I was injured. I'd actually had surgery the day before, but um, we were in a scrum and we were down. And Emily got the ball, and I said, and there was Cronulla girls behind me because they were the game after. And I said, I was like, oh my god, Emily needs to kick the ball and get Bo to chase it because she is very very fast and obviously really good with the ball. And Em's got a, a pretty big kick, so we were around about our thirty meter line, and Em put a massive kick in, and Bo chased it. And it's not something that's ever really done in the women's yeah, game. And all the girls around me were just like, oh, my God, like, did you have some twin thing? And I swear it was just, I just saw it and I was like, oh, my God, we need to do it. And she did it the next yeah, that second. Was like, on the field, I was like, oh, Bo, you got to chase this. And she was like, what do you mean? Oh, and then wow. after the game, she was like, oh, if you didn't tell me to chase it, like, I wouldn't have, like, thought of, like, that was going to happen. But, yeah, all the girls around me were like, oh, what, what the, the hell? hell? Like, what just happened? Like, how did... How did you guys figure that out? Who do you, who do you attribute to that? Is it you? Is it you, Soph? Was that, is, is it like that was my decision and you just executed it? Or like, who, who, who <laughs> I know, I'd like to take some credit, credit for it, but sadly it was, I don't know, it was just probably coincidence. <laughs> I think, you know, it's, uh, there's so much communication that goes out there, but you guys have a little bit of an advantage because, you know, if you're able to come up with these plays without sort of saying a word, which I'm sure happens all the time, that's, uh, that's a good little advantage there. You guys are taking into your games. All right, guys. Well, let's um, no look. Absolutely fantastic roster there, and um, you know a, a lot of younger, longer, younger players there. So, you know, oh, you know where where this team's headed. You know, into the future, it's it's going to be going to be really really interesting to watch. Um, just quickly touching on the NRLW situation. So obviously, Captain Bo, um, uh, yep, has has obviously got got a contract there in the NRLW. Uh, we'll talk through that, and then Emily, we we definitely want to talk through your situation there. Uh, yeah, um, so I've been selected to play for Parramatta in the inaugural NRLW team. Um, when I got the call, I was very excited. Um, 
definitely an opportunity I wanted to take with both hands and obviously having Bo there as well. Um, it'll be yeah a familiar face. Obviously, the way we play in Tigers will definitely help us a lot, um, having that connection, knowing like how far away we need to be, all that, um, just when we're ball playing. And obviously, just having someone there like as a leader will definitely, I think, help my game as well. And I've picked you guys to win it next season, so don't let me down here. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, no, Stacey's been really strong on the Parramatta. Uh, predictions for next season, but I think yeah. you know they you, definitely have a strong forward. Yeah, pack. it's definitely um, what we're rising to. Yeah, no, you guys, you guys have a have a pretty special squad there. But I think, given the structure of the competition, you know, it it it, it is it's it's a little bit challenging in terms of you know having the the time to come together as a squad and combinations are just going to be so crucial in this competition. Mm-hmm. So for for you to for you to step in there uh, with your with your regular fullback and, and someone who is a little bit special in terms of the way in which they play and um, some of the things they can do on a football field. No, we're really, really excited about that combination. And Parramatta fans, um, you know, for our listeners who are, who are listening to this, go out there, buy your membership, um, get as excited as Stacey is for next season because, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think they've got, again, something special cooking there in Parramatta. Yeah, look, I agree, Dan, with um, the strength of Parramatta. They come in as a new team. And they've got these great players signed. And add to that the way they are building um, in Parramatta. I don't know if you girls, um, you probably know about the $60 million um, centre of excellence that they're building out there at Kellyville. So Parramatta come, come into NRLW hitting the ground running with a fabulous team and Stace has said pick them as their favourite and then imagine what, what we'll build from that centre of excellence. You must be really proud and and uh, really looking forward to the future for Paramount. Yeah, definitely looking forward to um, what it's going to bring for us girls um, and the way the game is going to grow. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our uh, final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, guys, so congratulations. You've just won the lotto. You've won an infinite amount of money. Now, obviously, there's going to be some amazing things that you're going to do with that. But, but my question tonight is, with that money... Um, you're allowed to build a rugby league academy for the women's game anywhere in the world. So my question tonight is, where would you build your rugby league academy and why? Um, you know, I, I might kick it off. So for me, I think, um, you know, one of the ones that definitely stands out is Fiji. I, I think, you know, as much as we're seeing uh, the Fijian influence um, on the, the women's game, we're only just scratching the surface there. I think there is just so much potential there um, in Fiji. So for me, I, I would love to see an academy built over there and, um, yeah, see some more talent come over. And as we spoke about earlier on in the show, we, we want to see new franchises enter the competition. So um, continuing to build pathways and being a little bit creative, I think is really, really important. So Fiji is my selection. Uh, Emily, we're going to go to you now. If you were to build your rugby league academy, where would it be and why? Um, I think I'd pick America. Um, they've obviously got NFL, rugby union, um, just another thing for women to play. I think it would be good to grow our game over there and obviously having World Cup as well, bringing that team into the World Cup would be a 
definitely a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And a shout out to their social media presence as well, because, you know, they're, they're um, you know, they've got a little bit of an influence over there already. But yeah, I think an academy would do really, really well. And um, yeah, there's, there's definitely some talent over there. Um, Stacey, what about yourself? So anywhere, anywhere in the world you could build your rugby league academy, uh, where would it be? Yeah, I was going to say the USA as well. I mean, they've got the facilities, right? And like you said, their their social media at the moment has just been really good. Plus, you know, having spoken to Josie, you know, coming from Fiji, coming where you came from, who had played, you know, rugby sevens over there, she knows that the talent's over there as well. So it'd be fascinating to be able to bring some of those women who are playing like women's um, women's gridiron, American football over there, bring them over here, see what they can do and truly put an answer to the uh, who hits harder with or without pads kind of situation. Yeah, yes. I, I like it. I like it. Tash? Uh, look, I'm going to go with um, our biggest uh, nemesis, those those chicks across uh, across the ditch. I just think that uh, they've got a very strong rugby presence. I think Gus Gould is doing tremendous things over there to build up rugby league in the men's system. If we can get this fabulous centre over there and they've got great athletes, but it, I know we um, recruit a lot of them, but imagine just like taking over there with rugby league, what New Zealand could bring to our game. Yeah, absolutely. No, there are so many talented athletes that are already on display in the women's game. And again, we're only scratching the surface. So I think that that only makes sense. Uh, all right, Sophie, what, what about yourself? Where would you build your academy? I'd have to go Papua New Guinea. I, I think they have a lot of amazing athletes over there that just aren't given the opportunity to play uh, the sport that we all love. So if I could, I would choose there and hopefully bring them over once they develops to play in NRLW like um, Elsie. Yeah, Tasha, I, I think that's a good one, PNG, because there's passion and then there's PNG passion for rugby league. I mean, this is their national sport. I mean, it's, um, you know, you, it's, you talk about potential of, of pathway systems, you know, PNG, it's, it's just different. Yeah, look, I agree wholeheartedly. Elsie Albert is one of my favourite NRLW players. She's a dead set legend. And the way they're changing the role of women over there, um, it's coming ahead and it's really very, very, very important that that continues its momentum. And um, if anybody hasn't seen the Power Mary doco, do yourself a favour, watch that about the PNG Orchids. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, there's our little bit of advice in terms of some academies. So um, investors, you know, our multi-billion dollar listeners that are out there, um, definitely <laughs> shoot us a line and we can get some of these happening because, um, yeah, the growth in the game I think is definitely there. Uh, but, look, that's all the time we have tonight. But, Emily, Sophie, we just really wanted to thank you for coming in on the show and just giving us a little bit of a behind-the-scenes access and a little bit of information in and around your your West Tigers club. Um, you know, you should be really, really proud of the season that you had, but I, I guess it's all lies to next year and really excited about the future there for West Tigers. You know, thank you for having us, and I think the club is doing everything that they can um, to develop our team and the Women's Academy um, as much as they can, looking forward to hopefully having an NRLW uh, in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be chatting again soon. We uh, very much look forward to, you know, finding out a little bit more about your own personal stories as well, which we'll be doing and also chatting to a few of your teammates. So again, thank you very much for, for jumping on the show tonight. And to my panel, as always, always bring bring the heat each and every week as we talk all things rugby league. Thank you for tonight. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. If you did, please download, download, download. That really helps the network. And until next week, we'll see you then. We 
not much time left today. 